making a movie physically and mentally destroys you. You know, it just, it just does. It becomes such a labor of love that sometimes we neglect to look at it as a business. People lock into this idea that there is a correct way to do things. There's not. There's a million ways to do it. Video has become the most effective way to get people to do something that it is you want them to do. It's time for filmmakers to get real with Jeffrey Michael Bayes and Forrest Day Jr. I noticed that I, uh, I laugh too much in the podcast. Have you noticed that, Forrest? No, I haven't. Usually, because oh, okay. usually every time I tell you a joke, I, I don't hear any laughter. <laughs> That's right. Well, I've, <laughs> I've been listening to old episodes and I've noticed that I just laugh at nothing. So what, what is that about? And you just got to shift that to after my jokes and then it makes me look funny. Okay. It just, people right, just I'll... think, boy, I didn't get that joke, but Jeffrey really liked it. So it must've been funny. <laughs> I'll try to work on that. Okay. Today we're talking with Linda Sager. Do you know what she's going to be talking about? Uh, she's going to be talking about a couple of her books, uh, making a good script. Great. But do you know what we're going to be talking about? <laughs> uh, books, script writing. <laughs> Uh, how oh, to make your okay, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, all of that, and and okay. and some of the people she talked to um, to make the book, uh, uh, making a good script, great. She interviewed some really cool people, and you'll learn yes, about that, like Hans Zimmer, yeah, Leonard Nimoy, Ridley Scott, mm-hmm. all all sorts of uh, people. Uh, who was it that? Uh, well, I guess we'll find out in the interview. But she was stalking somebody. Mm, I don't know that didn't want to talk to her. Usually that's remember. us stalking people. I, <laughs> that's I, I, right. It's funny to hear other people do that too. Uh, by the way, we should probably debrief on uh, the last episode we had with Jason Brubaker. That was intense, man. Yeah. There was so much information in that. Uh, my head was spinning. Um, he, he really knows a lot of stuff. My head is still spinning. Yeah. It was, <laughs> you know, all the information, he, he was like giving me five gallons of information in my one gallon brain. <laughs> so uh, definitely a podcast episode to go back and listen to over and over again, which I've done, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I still uh, I'm still taking notes. I mean, he, he's got it all there and uh, it actually makes sense when he goes through it. So I, I learned a lot from that. And the one thing that really sticks out for me, uh, he says that 50 percent of your budget for your film should go to marketing. Mm-hmm. Other people have said that, too. Maybe not the 50 percent. But other people have really stressed the importance of budgeting for marketing, and a lot of people don't do that. So we'll have to get Jason Brubaker back on the show at some point and, uh, you know, uh, get the, the gallon bucket out. and uh, Get the five-gallon bucket out so I, re- I retain everything. That's right. uh, I'll have to go um, back and take notes. That's a good idea. And if you have any questions for Jason that you'd like us to ask him when he comes back, be sure to tweet us at Film. Or email info at Borges.com. Uh, by the way, we actually have plenty of time to talk now. We do. Because we no longer have a limit. And I know uh, there's going to be people out there that, that skip ahead to the interview. But a lot of our show is just uh, us talking. Now we have no limits. Because before, we had a monthly limit of mm-hmm. upload space. So we had to kind of keep things short, but now right. we're just, now we're just, uh, unlimited. We're free and easy, baby. <laughs> we just, we just, Which, we just go with the flow. 
which may or may not be a good thing. Yeah, that people may go, oh, <laughs> put limits on these guys again, please, please, yes. please. Well, here's what happened. Uh, we were on a, pr- a platform called Podbean. You may have heard this. And we have now left Podbean, which sounds like an easy thing, but really wasn't. Uh, they got uh, the dog, some... so it kind of sucked. <laughs> like a divorce. That's yeah, what it felt like. you got it. Hey, you laughed in the right spot that time. <laughs> That's good. You're getting better. Um, yeah, there's probably a delay. That's why. Mm. <laughs> so um, so we, we thought we lost all of our followers on Podbean. Right. And then it turns out a week later, the followers were back. And then it turns out they started charging us for, uh, for something that we were getting for free. Or we should have gotten for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I don't want to trash but, uh, them, but uh, you know, if you well, were, I, a, I, I would like to trash them. Oh, okay. If you if you are if you think you are a follower of us and you still want to remain a follower of us, just make sure you still are because you might yes. not be by mistake. So, a little bit of inside baseball. If you really don't care about this, uh, uh, I apologize for wasting your time, but <laughs> I think we really should go back to limits on our time. Yeah, sounds like we, it, we don't know what we're talking about. No. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Linda Sager on the Get Real Indie Filmmakers podcast. That's one thing Alfred Hitchcock was really good at, creating suspense with a camera. For the last couple of years, I've been teaching Hitchcock suspense techniques at festivals like Buffalo, St. Louis, Palm Springs, Los Angeles. Filmmakers are learning easy tricks for building suspense that are so easy to implement. Now there's a way for you to get access in my new book, Suspense with a Camera. It's available in bookstores now. And don't miss our free docuseries on YouTube called Hitch 20. talking to Linda Sager today. By the way, that song, composed by Radislav Dracovic, The Funeral March of a Marionette, uh, listeners will recognize that from the Alfred Hitchcock series, but that particular rendition of it from our Hitch 20 series on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Let's talk to Linda Sager. uh, No more delays. Linda Sager is one of the world's foremost script consultants. She's been doing this for decades. Best known for contributions to movies like Brain Dead and Universal Soldier. She's written nine books on the topic. She wrote Writing Subtext. And the big book that everybody knows about, Making a Good Script Great. Thank you for joining us on the show, Linda. Yeah, thank you. Love to be here. All right, let's talk about your book, uh, The Collaborative Art of Filmmaking, your latest book. Yes. Well, it's the third edition, mm-hmm. and the book follows the script as it moves through every artist. So it has a chapter on the writer, then it moves to the producer and the director and the actor and the production designers and the editor and the composer. When I did the first edition, which I co-wrote, I 
interviewed 70 different people. I mean, great people from Ron Howard and Oliver Stone and Bill Conti, who did the music for Rocky, sat down in a lot of living rooms. And then we did a second edition in 2004. And then I did this edition by myself. And okay. so this is now the third edition with some additional interviews and additional information. So it gives the sense that every one of these artists is going to have an impact on that script. I like how you include the audience as a, a part of the process. You have a chapter yes. on the audience, which which was I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, they are the final collaborator. And you hope that what all those artists expected that they were doing, the audience says, you did it. How did you go about rewriting or, or doing a third edition and and did you add a lot of stuff usually editions add things uh what what did what did you change in this third version and what did you add well technically to do a new edition you need at least 20 percent changes and i would say there's probably closer to 40 percent or more i kept a lot of the interviews i edited some of them I added some other interviews. One was with the former president of Disney production, Bruce Henricks, who's worked on about 300 films. He talks about being a unit production manager, and also he has some things in the producer's chapter. I interviewed Robin Swicord, who's done Memoirs of a Geisha and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and she does a lot of adaptations, so I added her. Then I did a lot of research. There's so much online. I found some marvelous things about John Williams and Steven Spielberg and Clint Eastwood, and it's not exactly an interview book, meaning it's not a series of interviews but I will talk about some aspect of that art form. And then suddenly you have Ron Howard saying, well, this is how the storyboards work. And this is how I do storyboards. And then I'll have Steven Spielberg says, well, I make sick figures for my storyboards before I hire the storyboard artist. How does Eddie Redmayne prepare for the theory of everything where he plays someone with ALS? Or how does... Sandra Bullock prepare for gravity when she had to be in a very small space for as much as 10 hours a day. So, you know, I mean, so there's a lot of fascinating information about mm -hmm. how these artists work. Who, who is the book aimed at? Like, an, it, will an indie filmmaker get as much out of it as a film student? Oh, yes. A... The, the book is really aimed at... Anybody who does any of the art forms mm -hmm. that are mentioned in this book, because what happens is most people, let's say they're writers, they might not really understand what the actor does mm -hmm. or the composer does. And if somebody is doing an independent film, it serves them to say, oh, that's right. Wait, this is when I bring in my composer or this is how much time my composer needs. And this is what that person is going to do. And, oh, I need an editor that has this sense of rhythm or I need a, um, you know, I need this kind of an actor. Mm -hmm. And um, even if somebody is doing a studio film, let's say somebody has a script and is involved with that. Even the best people in this business often say, I don't know what that other person really does and how they find their way into their art form. So, um, and I interviewed in this one, 
I had Bruce Henrich talk about certain things about the studio film from a producer's viewpoint. And then I interviewed a low-budget, award-winning um, filmmaker who's done a lot of things for a quarter of a million and now is moving into the million-dollar type. And I had her talk about this is what it's like if you're a producer on the independent film. So, because so many of the other art forms are going to be very similar. I mean, whether mm-hmm. it's a composer on a big studio or a small independent, but getting that voice of what if you want to do a really inexpensive film, even for very little. I, I've had clients who have done films for $7,000 mm-hmm. as well as much, much more than that. How many books have you written so far, Linda? I have 15 books and and some additions. So I have nine books on screenwriting. Mm -hmm. And and then probably if you count all the additions, it's like 25 or something like that. And then I have six spiritually oriented books. Some people know I have this really odd degree. It's a doctorate of theology in drama and theology. And then I have an MA in drama and BA in English. And I, I got lots of degrees. So, so I have written uh, some spiritual books as well. And um, then I'm writing my 10th new book. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a book on dialogue. Um, it's oh, called nice. You Talking to Me, Writing Great Dialogue. And I'm co-writing with a, another script consultant who's also a screenwriter named John Winston Rainey. I like that title, You Talking to Me. <laughs> a little taxi driver in there. Now, how do you go? How do you go about writing a book on dialogue? I just finished a chapter on accents and dialects, mm-hmm. and, and um, we we actually have a chapter called "Animals, Aliens, and Other Critters." Mm-hmm. And people think, "Am I ever going to write dialogue for a dog?" And you say, "Yeah, there's a very good possibility you will." And you just have to turn on the TV to realize the foxes and the chipmunks and right. the owls advertising. And to us, dialogue is a relationship, you know, of answer, question, back and forth. And so if you say to your dog, Fido, hey, Fido, come here, and he goes, arf, arf, and you say, good boy, you have had a piece of dialogue. <laughs> um, so, but we have um, we, we have a chapter, I'm just ready to work on it, on dialogue is sound and and how to start thinking bigger than just words, but think of how often people say, hmm, um, yeah. and how you create rhythms with those kind of sounds. So um, it's we're, we're having fun, you know, we're having fun with this book. And as you might know, I have a book called Writing Subtext that's yep. been out for a I while. Have, I have that one, yeah. So that's the underlying meanings of dialogues. Right. You know, there's so many different areas to know about as filmmakers Mm -hmm. or screenwriters. There is so much to every art form and so many nuances. And for the collaborative art of filmmaking, it was so exciting to talk to these people who have been around a long time and are absolute masters at what they do. And you think of how much you can learn, you know, just to read about how does Clint Eastwood get such a quiet set? Mm -hmm. He's walkie talkies, no cell phones. And he doesn't even say cut. He says, stop. Hmm. Very. (laughs) Everyone is just 
like, oh, this is so calm and wonderful. So and another thing I discovered in doing interviews, there's different personalities, like the editor is all alone in that room mm-hmm. with this there now digital, and the composer is with their instrument or their synthesizers. So I interviewed Hans Zimmer, who's done so many mm-hmm. different movies, and his studio is is very electronic. And then I go into Bill Conte's home, this guy who did Rocky, and a big grand piano. And um, and some people say, you know, we just do it in our head, and some people, you know, use other instruments. Um, so, you know, and you think of the writer being very alone. And then Ron Howard said the director is the person who gets to play with everyone. So the director has to be pretty social and very easy with people because it's a much more community kind of thing. And, of course, some directors are just great mm-hmm. at creating that. You know, as you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking of, of – I, I had the pleasure of interviewing John Badham, who, uh, oh, yes. director of Saturday Night Fever and, and Short Circuit. And he said the same thing. He's a very collaborative guy and he's all about working with people. His, his, he's got a, a couple books, uh, one's called On Directing or Directing with John Badham and I'll Be in My Trailer, uh, yes, which is another yeah. one. And um, I was fascinated exactly what you're saying. Um, like Ron Howard works b- collaboratively, and that's exactly how John Badham worked, and and that struck me. And I've remembered that. And that was several years ago that I talked to him, and it it always sticks with me that when you work on a film set, it should be collaborative. Even though what's sticking with me now is how you pointed out everybody works by themselves, but then it's still a collaborative effort. All these people working by themselves have to come together. Yes, and of course you're you're working with the other person. I mean, the director, the the editor is going to listen to the director, and the director is going to have the director's cut, and you're working together. But then the editor goes in their little room, mm-hmm. works by themselves, and um, is interesting with John Badham because he directed War Games, mm-hmm. yep. and I was a reader at that time, and I was uh, one of the people that recommended that script as a movie, and and I did some notes on him, and they said. He did see my notes, and and actually I noticed in the end movie, I said, oh, yeah, well, he got that. Maybe he got that idea from me. Mm-hmm. You know, I suggested he cut the last four pages of the script, and they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so. oh, I, I would bet that you did do that because um, when I talked to him, I remember thinking, here's this Hollywood director, but he's not like full of himself he was just you know he's you know what 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 input do you think and he's just very laid back uh struck me as very laid back and uh, you know valued the people around him such as you know sounds like ron howard does also well and i also found a lot of people were so generous like ridley scott was in the middle of shooting a movie and he said you know what i uh, let me work this out and i thought He's really going to work that hard to make sure we talk. So he said, well, we can do 20 minutes. So I went to his office and then at 20 minutes, I, I say, okay, I have more questions, but we're 20 minutes. I know you're busy. And he said, no, mm-hmm. let's go a little longer. And so yeah. we did 40 minutes and I, I was impressed and I was impressed with 
a number of them had either had us come to the offices, but their homes. Mm -hmm. So I went to Leonard Nimoy's home and we sat in his office with the fire blazing and fabulous cappuccino. And one thing that he said that I really liked, he said, you always ask, what do I bring to the party? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you recognize I have a contribution to make. And so that, you know, that becomes really important. What, what is my contribution going to be? That's some great advice. Thank you, Linda. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go? No, this has been very, very lovely. Wonderful. So thank you. Again, and we hope to have you on the show again. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Well, that was episode number 30. Wow. wow, we're really racking these up. Woohoo! 30. We're on iTunes, by the way, and be sure to subscribe there, even though we don't know if you've subscribed or not, but it does help the numbers. Leave us a star rating, that does help. Leave us a comment. Be sure to add us on Spotify and Stitcher if you know how. We don't know how. <laughs> we will. <laughs> we are forever expanding and growing on yeah. Get Real Indie Filmmakers. It's created by Forrest Day Jr., also the host of Rolling Tape on YouTube. And Jeffrey Michael Bays, author of Between the Scenes, What Every Film Director, Writer, and Editor Should Know About Scene Transitions, and Suspense with a Camera, A Filmmaker's Guide to Hitchcock's Techniques. See you next time. Get Real Indie Filmmakers is a production of Borges Networks, 2019.